0: All right, let's get started, please, tonight. You know, it's such a beautiful day outside. Why don't we just all sing the books, say the books of the Bible, okay? Come on over here. Don't sit right here if you want to. All right, on three, one, two, three. Genesis, 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 Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Joshua, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, Samuel, 2 Samuel, Samuel, 1 Kings. Obadiah, Jonah, Matthew, Rebecca, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Zechariah Malachi, Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 1 John, 3 John, Yes! announce that if you're here and did not protect the Lord's Supper this morning, (laughs) that I have forgotten to mention that. So I'm thankful to her for that. So if you're here and you did not have the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper this morning, you'll go ahead uh, to the little uh, chapel. You'll be served at this time. Thank you very much. Praise to us, my the word of Yeah, Lord. Matthew.
1: Matthew 5, 6, 7. Okay, the model of prayer.
0: Matthew 6. Okay, the 12 apostles. Matthew 10. Okay, the death of John the Baptist. Matthew 14. Well, we got down right there. Don't make progress. All right, time to close out with our questions, all right? I know. What's true success in life? In your life. Hold it. Part of success is saying it loud and clear and what? Okay, together. What's true success in life? Living your life and going to hell with this life and over. And what's true failure in life? Living your life and going to hell with this I'd over. What's God's idea for marriage? One man, one woman, one life. And why were you made to, to glorify? what you do, if you stay home or go to school. What are you going to do all day long? I will do my best. Before we go to our classes, we want to make sure we extend a very warm and cordial welcome to all of you who are here tonight. We are blessed to have several visiting with us tonight. It's an honor to have you uh, with us, and I hope you won't rush off and uh, give us a chance to visit with you, get to know you better. Hope you'll uh, plan to come back and be with us as much as you can. Uh, We had a number of visitors this morning as well, and we're always thankful. An honor to have guests at our services. Uh, Before we have our prayer and song to dismiss the teachers, I do want to remind those in the Golden Circle, uh, if you did not get a calendar of the events uh, for this year, there's some on the back table. If you'll see me about that, I'll make sure that you get one of those. Let's close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful today for all you do for us. The beauty of this wonderful days a tremendous blessing and we're so thankful for your goodness that's been manifested on every hand we're thankful especially for our spiritual blessings that we have in Christ Jesus the hope of heaven salvation forgiveness uh, redemption so many things that are ours because of what your son did for us on Calvary and we're so thankful for all he did for us to make possible our salvation Father, there are many that we know of that are sick. There are many that we know who are grieving over the loss of loved ones. We pray that your hand of comfort and peace would be upon them. Father, we ask you to please continue to bless the church here at Boonville. May we always be a shining light at this community and bring glory and honor to you in all that we do. In Christ's name, amen. All right. To Canaan's land, I'm on my way with soul. Yeah. To the O Lord, do I
2: lift
0: up my soul? Up my soul? unto am to the O Lord, do I lift up my soul?
2: Leadership in here tonight will be in First Timothy chapter three, so you can go ahead and open your Bibles there. Before we go to our study, we're going to go through the list of sick, and after that, we'll have a prayer. And if you would like to give an update about somebody that I mentioned, that'd be great. Otherwise, if you'll wait till the end, if you want to add somebody, and I'll put them on the list. Irene Baker has terminal cancer. Austin Wentz is the Gardner's grandson. He's undergoing treatments for cancer. Will the Gardner is still recovering from her recent eye surgery. Don Dawson and Brenda too, they're both not well. Wade Davis is still missing since June the 22nd. Carolyn Wilcutts recovering from broken bones. Bobby Petty has lung cancer. Doug Smith's dad, Kelby Smith, has Parkinson's. Cody McGee's recovering from foot surgery he had several months ago. Chopper's suffering with severe pain, but he's doing some better. He's getting, I think, better dosages on his medication, so I'm hoping that that will progress and he'll get to where it's manageable and maybe they can get to the bottom of his problem. Larry Kennedy has lymphoma. Danny Dahl has kidney problems. Van Roberts has pancreatic cancer. Paul Rollison has brain cancer. Lex Crossan has health issues. Norma Hemwell is not well. Tony Presley uh, received news this week that his leukemia is in remission. So that is great news. Marty Woodruff has cancer. Patsy Bain's doing great. She was here today and just moving around very well so we're thankful for that. Eli Johnson is undergoing treatments for cancer. Ethan Kendrick has a friend Justin Mooney who has throat cancer. James Goddard has cancer. Micah McBrayer has leukemia. Yeah. Yes,
0: and he is at home now, but they're having to go-
2: Okay. Eddie Mooney, sitting right there. Myra's been sick this week, so pray for her. John Roten has health problems. Linda's having her procedure on Wednesday. Yes, we feel good about it? Well, we're going to pray for you here in a second, but all of us are right behind her, aren't we? And on Wednesday, I know you have a lot on your mind, but we're going to be thinking about you, Linda, and praying for the very best outcome. Aim for 1230, everybody, uh, generally. Uh, those sometimes fluctuate, but um, we, will, we will be praying for you. You know that. Ann Langford, who's a friend of Lisa Peaks, has some... Arthritis is causing a lot of pain. Marilyn's sister Pat Cooper's not well, yes? Okay, I'm going to leave her here to remind me to thank God for that, but that's great. Emma Hutton has Hodgkin lymphoma. Paul Nichols has stage four pancreatic cancer. Sharon Strickland has cancer. Rod Coggins has heart problems. Grayson Miller has stage three cancer. Jackie Perigo has back problems. Olivia Pounders is undergoing seizures. Scotty Ennis, who is Laura Smith's cousin, has leukemia. Tori Cobbs recovering from his accident. Larry Morgan, still, how are you doing, Larry? I'm doing good.
0: okay now. I'm still wired my monitor, but hopefully that'll be good enough. Okay. You don't mind, I pray for a year to mend. Okay,
2: will, and then you're off the hook. All right, Uh, Lisa Allen's brother-in-law, Paul Goldman. Has there been any progress on that? Uh, Kathy Huff. Uh, That's Joanne's niece. Any lung cancer. Pat Moore has breast cancer. Pat Gray's recovering from COVID. Trudy Pethel, uh, Pethel is Anita's cousin. She's undergoing some tests. Um, the Taylor's grandson, did he did he see a doctor? Uh, seventh? JT didn't think I could do it. I know, I know you were rooting against me there. Of course, I had a little help. Um, okay, our little grandbaby, Avery, she's getting tubes in her ears in April. That just seems like a long time to have to wait. But I guess they have, they're backed up, not just the ears, but. Um, why are you laughing about that? No. Uh, Teresa Bertram has pancreatic cancer. And is Laura here tonight? Okay, I have her on the list now. We're just going to pray her through her pregnancy. Yeah? (coughs) Okay. Uh, Kim Fowler's dad, you know, passed away, and uh, I'm sure they had a tough day today. And Loxley Eaton, six years old, uh, had the brain tumor. The surgery took place. Uh, She's been walking around. Uh, They don't know yet if it was benign or otherwise, so... As soon as I know, I'll share that with you. Okay, anybody else want on this list? Okay what's your last name? make Randy?
0: Reba Hughes has COVID. Britt? Reba.
2: Reba, oh Reba. I hate to hear that still around. Okay, yes.
0: My niece, Emsley Murphy, E-M-S-L-E-Y. She has a cyst between her brain and skull and she's going to Labonor March the third.
2: Okay, let's have our prayer, and uh, again, if, if there's somebody you didn't mention, but you're thinking about them, just, just slip them right into that prayer, okay? That's, that's how I, ma- I imagine us all just right there in God's presence, okay? So you, you throw those out in your prayer. Our Father in heaven, thank you for a really nice day today. Thank you for... Our freedom to assemble and to worship you and now the freedom to be together and study we just thank you so much for that privilege and pray we'll never take that for granted thank you for the blessings that come from those activities that we can be involved in We thank you for Jesus that makes all that possible for us we pray Lord for these people that we've mentioned here Bless Irene Baker that she'll have good days. Bless Austin Wentz and his treatments. Bless Wilda that her eye will recover fully. Bless the Dawsons as they're both unwell. Pray for the Davis family that they can have some kind of closure. We pray for Carolyn in her recovery. Bless Bobby Petty in his battle with cancer. We pray for Kelby Smith that he'll have good days. Bless Cody McGee as he recovers from foot surgery. We're thankful that Chopper has found some relief and we pray that that trend will continue and that his new set of doctors will be able to discover the source of his agony. We pray for Larry Kennedy who has lymphoma. Bless Danny Ramdahl that he gets treatment that will help his kidney. Bless Van Roberts who has cancer. Bless Paul Rollison who has brain cancer. We pray for Lex Crawson, who has health problems. Bless Norma that she will have good days. We're thankful that Tony Presley is doing better and his cancer's in remission. We pray for Marty Woodruff who has cancer. We're thankful Patsy's been able to be back with us and we pray a full recovery for her. Bless Eli Johnson as he battles cancer. We pray for Ethan's friend, Justin, who has throat cancer. Bless James Goddard who has cancer. We pray for Micah. Who's going through treatments for leukemia and we pray that the trips to and from the hospital in Memphis They'll have safe travel and the treatments will be effective We're thankful that Eddie's doing better. We pray that he'll have a full recovery. We pray for Myra. Who's not been well this week Be with John Roten that he'll have good days Father we pray for Linda as she is to have her procedure on Wednesday. We pray that it will be effective and that she will recover from that and be free from disease. We pray for her doctors, her nurses, and the technicians that work with her that especially on Wednesday that they will be equipped with the greatest level of skill to be able to promote healing in her body. We pray for Ann Langford and we pray that she'll find some pain relief. We're thankful that Pat Cooper is doing better, and we just pray that her health will be full and she'll feel good. Bless Emma Hutton, who has cancer. Bless Paul Nichols, who has cancer. Sharon Strickland, who has cancer. We pray for Rod Coggins, who has heart problems. Bless Grayson Miller, who has cancer. Jackie Perrigo who has back problems. We pray for Olivia Pounders, who's experiencing seizures at such a young age. Bless Scotty Ennis in his battle battle with cancer. Be with Tori Cobb that he can recover fully from his work accident. We're thankful that Larry is doing better. We pray that his test results will be such that the doctors can analyze them and come up with a good protocol for his health. We pray for Lisa Allen's brother-in-law and the uh, tests that he's undergoing. Pray they'll determine exactly what the problem is. Pray for Kathy Huff who has lung cancer. We pray for Pat Moore who has breast cancer. We pray for Pat Gray who's coming through COVID and we pray that her strength will be restored. Please bless Trudy as she's undergoing tests. Be with Baylor, who is to see a rheumatologist very soon. We pray that that will reap some answers for their family. Pray for Avery, who's having problems with her ears. Bless Teresa Burcham, who has cancer. Bless Laura Galloway and her pregnancy. We pray for the Jones family. Especially we pray for Kim and her immediate family and their encouragement. We are thankful that Loxley Eaton's doing well following surgery, and we pray that uh, this tumor will be found to be benign. We pray for Madison, who's now on bed rest, and we pray strength for her as she at least waits a few more weeks for delivery. We pray for her and the baby. Be with Sonia McWright as she recovers in the hospital and we pray that she'll recover well and that the things that are broken can be healed. We pray for Carol Warner, who has had the polyps biopsy. We pray that good results will come. Pray for Reba Hughes who's suffering with COVID right now and perhaps many others who are stricken with it. And we pray for Emsley Murphy who has the cyst uh, next to her brain? We pray that whatever treatment, whether that's surgery or some other thing, will be effective and that she will heal. We pray, Lord, that you will bless us in our study tonight and help us to help us to grow, not just in our knowledge of your word, but for those who are so qualified, I pray that these lessons will only strengthen their resolve and their desire to serve as bishops in this congregation. I thank you for the men who are currently serving, and I just pray that you'll help all of us, to one degree or another, to strive for these things that you have identified as being important, certainly in your leaders, but I would think by extension among all of us. Help us strive to be more and more like Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray, amen. Okay, this is a faithful saying, if a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. The bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, and tonight we're going to begin here with the word violent. Does that kind of seem out of place? Violent? Hey, Rick, would you please read Exodus chapter 2, verses 13 and 14? Exodus 2, 13 and 14. Now, folks, brace yourself. Don't be shocked at what you hear here.
1: And when he went out on the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known.
2: Okay, here's how I'm setting this up about violence. So as you read these two verses, is Moses trying to do a good thing as a leader among God's people? Nod your head this way. Yeah, what's he trying to do? Got some brothers there fighting, what's he say?
1: Hey, come on
2: guys now, seriously. Let's just calm that thing down. Let's break it up. We're brothers. Why would we be fighting with one another? Great intention, great leadership, stepping in there, trying to settle a dispute. Except what does one of them say? Who do you think you are? You're going to tell us not to be fighting with each other, but it seems to me that you're the one that only just very recently, you know the story? Murdered an Egyptian. Killed him. So he had seen an Egyptian, I I guess. here's Here's what he would say. I saw him abusing one of my brethren, so I took up for him, and I killed the Egyptian. But... What did everybody think of him? Yay, our hero. No, what do they say? Y- you murderer? And what has he lost by having been violent in this way? And this is, this is very important. Respect, but also, have you ever heard of such a thing as moral authority? Moral authority. Moral authority would go something like this. Somebody who we assume is pretty morally upright has a right because of their moral uprightness to chastise us when we've been immoral. We've done something wrong. We know he wouldn't do that. So then when he talks to us about it, we're going to respond. Did Moses have moral authority to break up the fight even? Shake your head, that's why. No, he, he didn't. Why, only just the other day, you murdered somebody. Now you're telling us not to fight? Uh, you know, what are you going to do? you going to kill us too? Wow. I always thought, as, in, as we started here in this class tonight, you know, all the things that he described so far are, well, they're important, but I'm just going to say, in some ways they're kind of benign, You're looking at categories of things that we go, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. You would want to be upright and good in these particular areas. To me, as I'm just kind of floating along with some of those things, I am kind of shocked to find that he would have to require as a qualification The idea that if you're going to be a leader in the church, you are not to be violent. Now, what does the word violent actually mean? What do you think? Okay, abusing somebody? Okay. Uh, Basically, it means I'm not looking for a fight, which then kind of kicks back to this thing again. If you have to tell somebody, don't, if you're going to lead in the church, don't go looking for a fight. Seriously? Why would we need to say something like that? Well, let me give you, (laughs) I never thought in my life that I'd be able to give this illustration. Okay? Now, as soon as I tell you I don't want you looking back and trying to figure out where it is that I have been, that I preached in the past. I'm here now, that's all that matters. But I'm going to tell you that I was a part of a congregation one time wherein I sat in an elders meeting. And I sit in elders meetings now all the time and it's peaceful, it's easy, it's, it's great. But I was in this elders meeting, we had two elders at the time, And those two elders disagreed about a particular subject. Now, typically, it's great to have an odd number of elders. That way, you know, you can come to some kind of decision. At least two to one, right? We have these two elders. They could not agree about a particular thing. And so, what did they do? They called a men's meeting. When they called the men's meeting, they effectively gathered them in together in order to get their opinion about it, in order to help further the discussion between the two of them. Sounds reasonable so far, except that in the midst of the elders' meeting, these two elders became very upset with one another. In fact, they became so upset in this meeting that the one said to the other, let's take this outside. My two elders, let's take this outside. Now, this church building is situated on Main Street in our town. Main Street. The parking lot is on the street. And so my two elders, Oh, did I mention they were both over 80 years old? (laughs) These two elders marched themselves outside as I'm begging them, please, please, no, please, no. And both drew back like they were going to hit the other. And so I literally had to place my body between these two godly men in order to restrain them from hurting each other. And after the thing settled down, I was like, what were you, you going to do if you had landed that punch? I mean, first of all, you would have probably killed him. Second of all, you would be, you know, maimed for life. I mean, what in the world were you thinking? Okay, so here in the midst of these qualifications, oh, you want to know what happened? Well, they did not find. Uh, I was able to talk them down. And then, well, you know, we ended up having no elders because both of them ended up resigning over that. You think that was a good decision on their part? Yeah, why, why? Is it okay to get mad and angry and shout at each other and threaten to beat one another up and take it out in the parking lot? Isn't that the way we settle things? No, we do not. It, it's violent right here. It's violent. Yes, yeah, brawler, no doubt about that. But the whole idea of the violent, not looking, you've come together. When there's an argument or a dispute, how ought that thing be resolved? Peacefully, out of love for one another, out of love for the good of the church, out of the scriptures. How about that? Wouldn't that be a novel idea? How about let's turn to the scriptures, see what the scriptures might have to say about that. And then there is this other thing about having a, when things aren't necessarily doctrinally based, there is such a thing as relenting and letting someone else have their way. It's a peaceful resolution to issues. It is never okay. It is never okay for us to get so angry that, you know, the the veins in our neck are 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 pulsing so that it looks like we're about to stroke out. Uh, The blood is rising in our neck to our chin and we are about to let somebody have it. What? No, not, not violent. One thing that that does, and the reason why I mentioned Moses, is that when these eruptions take place, what does that do about your credibility going on? It's shocked, yeah. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Eruptions like that usually are rare. <laughs> usually. I want to say they'd never done that before. Uh, but in 80 years, there it was. I want to say that those kinds of things are rare. If they happened all the time, I wouldn't even be able to say this happened. It'd be like, that was so common, it's not even worth mentioning. Because it was so rare, all these many years now, guess what? I still remember that. And that has forever tainted my memory of those gentlemen. And you know, you say, well, is in a moment? What you build for decades can be destroyed in just a moment of rash talk or violent acts. So we need to be very, very careful why is that important in the church? Why did, he, why did he put this in here? Not to be violent. The example. Um, and again, I'm thinking about moral authority. Just like Moses really didn't have a right to speak down to somebody when he was as guilty as he was, so too, you lose a lot of your credibility and trying to bring people together when you yourself are guilty of the very same thing. Okay, uh, not greedy for money. Wait, that's a good one. Now, I'm, I'm thinking of a couple of verses to begin with. One is 1 Peter chapter five and verse two. That's actually Peter's description as he is an elder of what was the expectation of eldership? And then I want to throw in, uh, throw in First Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 to 10, because that passage shows us just how bad it is. And then we're going to discuss again, why is it that this would be in here? And so I want us to reference 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses six and 7, because I think, I think what we are instructed to do there, actually has something to say about this particular thing. Okay.
1: Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but, by, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind.
2: Not for filthy lucre. Uh, some transla- my my trans- New King James translation says, not for dishonest gain. Um, you take this position not for those reasons. Okay, now here he says that you're not greedy for money. To do the job or to take the position or to desire the position for the reason of filthy gain, of, of somehow profiting from your position, he says, is a sinful thing. Don't do it for that reason. Um, any idea why that would be a bad idea? Being a a leader in the church and having a desire for money, any problem with that? Okay, there's the, there is, uh, here's the thing. All of us have tendencies. We do. There's some, like, somebody says, I can't believe so and so uh, was involved in that. That shocks me. Well, I told somebody one time when they came to me, and I'm in it, that I'm really not shocked by anything. You can tell me anything, I'm not shocked. It's not that I've heard it all, but when I hear it, I'm really not gonna be shocked. Because you can look at someone and think you know them, and you think, you probably think in many ways that they're like you. I mean, the things that you like or Don't like the things that you are strong about or weak about you just kind of assume that they're like you They may not be anything like you There there may be there may be some weakness in their life that you would never fall for I mean it doesn't even it doesn't even register for you, but for them It is something that is very powerful So when they succumb to it we not we ought not to be shocked that that has happened Because something similar or something comparable could also happen with us. So if a man already has a tendency toward greed or a desire for money, then if he finds himself handling contributions for the church, is there a temptation there? I would say yes. Yes. Now you may be shocked to hear this, but there have actually been cases of, ex, of, of people siphoning money off of churches and then they get caught and then you know, they say, well, I repent. And then they say, that's great. You're going to jail because it's illegal, okay? So not a, not a greedy soul. Now think about what was happening, especially here in the first century like the Apostle Paul, he's going around to these churches, he's asking them to take up collections so that they can take those collections and carry them off to Jerusalem where there's a great famine going on. Uh, you think it was pretty important to have men who could be trusted with the money, watching over what was going on in local churches? Uh, absolutely, absolutely so. Um, why, is that, why is that even a big deal? 1 Timothy 6, beginning at verse 6.
1: But godliness with contentment is a great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out and ha- and having food and raiment let us be there with content but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and which drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money is the root of all evil okay
2: stop right there is money evil Money is not money is just money, um, like a pew is just a pew. <laughs> I mean, money is just a thing. It is the love of money. Could you use another phrase to describe the love of money? How about this one right here? Greedy for money. I, I, I can't get enough of it. I want it. Okay. He says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. What?
1: Which, while some coveted after they which some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows.
2: They have, because of the love that they have in the pursuit of money, the greed that they have, what happens to them, what happens to their faith? They lose their faith, how could that happen? Because they put the money where? They put the money first. Imagine that you're a leader in the church but money is your God. Is there a problem here? Absolutely. Now, we were talking about having, you know, moral authority. Because what you are, you're able to treat and help others, okay? If you don't have that moral authority, then probably sh- shoots holes in that. You, you tell somebody don't do this when you've done it, okay? Look, look at this text, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses uh, 6 and 7. And be reminded, now, this is an encouragement for us in what we should be doing. Go ahead.
1: But this I say He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully every man according as he purposeth in his heart so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity for God loveth a cheerful giver
2: Okay, so here's the mentality We want to You know, we don't want to give sparingly We want to give bountifully and we know God will bless us in a bountiful way Except that I give, and I don't even trust the leaders that they can handle the money right. I'm thinking that they're taking money for this and that, and they're filling their pockets, and so what does that do to you with your giving? If you don't, if you don't trust that it's going to be used in a godly way, then are you more inclined to give or not? No, because you're supposed to give not grudgingly nor of necessity. God loves a cheerful giver. I want to give cheerfully, but if, if there is someone that is in a position of authority who's watching over those funds, who's very greedy or seems to be very worldly in their nature, I, I am less inclined to give out of a right state of heart. Does that make sense? So these kinds of things are these are not just like you know I don't know we need some qualifications to jot down here I'll just come up with some stuff that you know just kind of crosses my mind these these are important because if 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 these if these leadership characteristics if these qualifications are not in place if this is not the man who leads us then that is detrimental to the spiritual health and well-being of the body. Yeah? That makes sense, doesn't it? So don't be greedy for money. He says, but to be gentle. And I like that because that's kind of contrasted with the violence up there, right? So to be gentle, what does it mean to be gentle? Humble, equitable, fair. I was thinking about I I took those words and I kind of put them in a stew a little bit. Do you ever do that? Just kind of let them just float there for a minute and see what comes out. And I was thinking that this is a disposition of mind that is open to criticism. Criticism. Uh, Do I... uh, I'm not going to ask my, yeah, I'll ask my elders if you want to pipe up. Um, You ever hear any criticism about anything? (laughs) Some of you are laughing. Uh, You don't have to answer that question. I'll tell you that I was at a place one time. Oh, I just love to reminisce. Where they had on the secretary's door a little box. One of those little paper holder things. Kind of like what I've got on my Don't you dare do this, but kind of what I have. So, they had in this a notebook. And the notebook said on the front, complaints. And the idea was, if you have a complaint, come to the notebook, write it down in the notebook, and then sign your name. (laughs) Okay, how many complaints you think were in that book? (laughs) None! We have no complaints, (laughs) right? Okay, peace, wonderful, that's great, no complaints. No problems here. But see, anybody who is in a position of leadership is at some point or another going to make a decision or endorse something that at least a group of people within the body don't agree with. And when that happens, you need to be able to have this quality about you, gentleness, an ability to take that and absorb it. And if you can, to take it in a positive sort of way. And, and I'll remind us: I think I, I think I mentioned this text earlier, uh, several weeks ago probably, but Hebrews chapter 13 and verse uh, 17 Hebrews 13, verse 17. This this is a, yeah, he was an elder. I'm sure you really liked this one. But this is important to keep in mind as the body being served by elders. And I want to emphasize that. Eldership, the eldership position is a service position. Okay, read that text for us.
1: Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for it is unprofitable for you.
2: If they can serve with joy and not with grief, who's going to profit from that? We we are, we are. Them being able to serve joyfully means that they're able to serve in such a way as to watch over our soul, not like, oh man, I gotta go deal with so-and-so again, or I gotta deal. You know, that that is heavy. We ought to create an environment or so respect our elders that it is a joy to serve. Having a disposition of this gentleness, of being able to absorb the difficult things that come down the road is an absolute plus, as, as contrasted with, you know, the, the violence. And then he throws in not quarrelsome. Uh, when you're not quarrelsome, that means you're a, a peacemaker. You're not a troublemaker. You know, again, we're talking about within the eldership. I don't know if you've heard this phrase or not, but this is, this is one I think is worth writing down that we ought to be able to disagree without being disagreeable. Being able to disagree about something without becoming disagreeable about it. What do I mean? You're looking at me. <laughs> Ken, what do you mean? Uh, honestly, and, and especially, we're, we're, look, we're going through these qualifications. I, I remember I heard some people, you know, before we started this, like, oh no, like it's gonna, whoa, you know, it's gonna be a brawl in here. Why would that be? Even if we were to disagree about an interpretation of something. Is that a reason to ball up our fist and get ready to fight? We ought to be able to disagree about something without coming apart about it. You wonder why I say peace all the time? That's exactly why I do. I I want people to understand that, you know what? Maybe what I just said maybe steps on your toes a little bit, or maybe you're just scratching your head, I want you to understand that so far as I'm concerned, I'm not saying this in order to pick a fight with you or to disturb you or to hurt you. My, my whole intent in all that I do is to see people's souls saved. So peace, you know, let's not fight about this. Let's just come to terms about it. Let's try to, let's have a meeting of the minds rather than a meeting of, of fists, Yes? Look at 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning at verse 23, and go to the end of the chapter. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 23 to, I think 26 is the last verse. Mm
1: -hmm. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive. But be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will.
2: Okay, I, I, I know. You get in an argument... And I I mean that in the most positive way. I don't mean a fighting argument. I just mean a disagreement. You get in an argument with somebody, and what is it you want to do? Win. I want to win. I want to win. Do I want to win so bad that I will alienate that person forever? Do Do I want to so argue with them that I slam every door of opportunity? I'm trying to ultimately save a soul yes and so if the way i'm doing it now is not resulting in a change of mind or a change of heart then what should i probably do instead of hit them maybe change my tactics change the way that i'm going about this because i always heard that if you understand something well enough you ought to be able to express it in the simplest of terms that even a child could understand it. That's how you know you understand it. If if you say something and all it does is confound somebody, then probably it's not their problem, it's (laughs) it's probably. Now, there are some people that are, you know, their heads are hard as coconuts. I mean, it's hard to get anything across. But generally speaking, most people want to know. What is is the truth about this thing? And so my desire ought to be the winning of a soul. Paul tells Timothy, "Don't, don't spend all your time just arguing about stuff that doesn't matter. If you're going to meet with minds and really dig into something, deal with something that has eternal consequences associated with it. So as regards our leaders, we want them not to be quarrelsome, not looking for a fight, but to be patient and to, and to encourage uh, the development of positions, not just not just cramming stuff down people's throats. It appears that it's time to stop, so let's stop, and we'll have a prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. and And thank you for your attention tonight. Our Father in heaven, thank you for the blessing of our coming together tonight, and time that we could study these things and I pray for those who are leaders among us that they are looking at themselves and taking account. I pray, Lord, that uh, we will find men who are ready to lead this congregation in such a time as this. Please raise up our leaders, make them obvious to us. Please bless us, Lord, as we go into this week. Our hearts are with Linda as she faces her treatment this week. We pray you'll keep us all safe in our endeavors. In Jesus' name, amen.